Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Pass. <laughs> what is up, y'all? It's Froth here, Thought Eater Podcast, Thought Eater Blog. Hope you're having a better weekend than me. Ugh. Yesterday was brutal as I watched my beloved Georgia Bulldogs have their worst loss in years to the South Carolina Gamecocks at home here in Athens. This is basically a season killer. And yeah, and so didn't sleep good and kind of had a headache all day, took a nap. So anyway, we did play the elusive night below campaign, played a session last night. It's been about a month since we played due to various commitments and people having to drop out and different games, you know. Football games happening. My schedule gets kind of spotty around football season, so I always watch the dogs if <clears throat> if it's a night game. But anyway, we played. So talk about that. And there was a huge campaign shakeup that I brought up with the players. We're going to get into that a little bit. So anyway, I appreciate you listening. I hope you're having a, a good weekend and everything else. Um, putting this one up a little bit late today, but uh, appreciate listeners checking things out. You've checked out the recent uh, Hump Day blogorama. I checked out the recent Arneson stuff I've been putting up. I want to thank you for that. So, so the Night Below campaign, without having to catch everybody up on everything going on, basically right now they've been focusing on this area, this rift, this kind of gorge called the Great Rockdale, infested with humanoid races. I'm going to have to turn that notification off. Let's see here. And done. Uh, and um, so, last session, the mag- party magic user was killed, and the party went back to a, a ranger NPC ally Kuiper's nearby farm to rest and relax. Now, the player that played the magic user has a new multi class magic user thief. But their computer was messed up, so they couldn't play. We still had four players, though. But I thought I'd talk for just a momentarily about the uh, first edition multi-classing. I actually like it. Um, A lot of people kind of complain about it. Now, I don't like the dual class where you switch. That never made sense to me, to switch between classes, you know, each time you play or whatever. That always seemed... Uh, I don't know, it just never felt right. But I do like the multi-classing. You know, you you split XP evenly um, between classes. And on second edition, they made it a little bit more complicated and stranger. Uh, but the straight-up first edition I like. And elves, you know, it doesn't give you a ton of guidance, but elves can... You know, wear the arm, wear armor, and cast, so it helps out magic users. But you just end up leveling really, really slow. So anyway, it's going to be a more durable character for um, for the player playing it. And uh, but uh, we didn't get to see their debut or anything. When I'm, but I do like I do like first edition uh, multi classing. I think it's pretty cool if you're willing to level slower. Um, you can do some interesting combinations, you know, but so anyway, the party kind of regrouped. What they went to do first is go get some of their 
jewelry and stuff appraised. The way I do things like this that you don't automatically know the value of, you know, like obviously you know how much, you know, 20 gold is worth, worth 20 gold, but you might not know how much a gem or something you find is worth. And so I'll use the kind of proto skills, non-weapon proficiencies, certain characters, they'll, they, they might have like an appraisal skill and be able to maybe know how much something's worth but if they fail that role then their only way to really get the you know find out the value of the item and therefore get the xp for the item is to take it back to you know a town or, or city or what have you and basically pay someone to appraise it so usually do like a 10 percent you know 10 percent fee for that so it docks a little of the xp Drains a little of their money, but um, it's necessary. And so they had had a, some things piled up, like a, a jewel-encrusted belt and some, some some jewelry and other stuff that they went and, and got all appraised. So that gave them a nice boost. It was like 750 XP each. They had, had some nice stuff that had just been sitting around. So that helped them. And then um, they also went to the local tavern to, to try to, hire some more meat shields so you know they've been going through these henchmen you know like hot knife through butter and so they uh were able to you know a few other uh, adventurers have kind of come to the area hearing about the the magic items that have been getting pulled out of the ground and uh, and everything you know whenever it's like a gold rush whenever adventurers hear about money being somewhere so they they were able to hire a few um hire a few of them on you know they gave them 100 gold each and then offered them a share of the money and uh so there was a, like a dwarf and two human fighters um accompanying them now so between the three henchmen they also had uh you know lanix i mentioned this last time but i know it's been weeks but the cleric's got a control undead spell and um has has raised the dead magic user to be <laughs> the zombie henchman so there was a little humor there where they were trying to kind of disguise the zombie and uh you know put a bag over its head with a smiley face on it and and uh so the the new henchmen were kind of curious about the zombie you know why can't that zombie how, why does that zombie not know how to ride a horse you know why is it in the party cart you know the the little walker wagon that they've got where they always have the zombies riding and then when they got back to the Great Rock Dale, you know, they're obviously, they, the, the zombie can't climb, so they've got the zombie tied up almost like, you know, bait on a fish hook and are lowering it down, so they keep thinking it's strange. And finally, when they go to examine a cave, one of the henchmen can't resist anymore and it pulls the hood off and sees that it's a zombie. And so the, the, um, the party has to kind of, convince them that it's all right because they're all kind of horrified and in fact it came down to uh, uh the druid desmond actually charmed um the dwarf cast charm person on it to to make him you know be all right with it and so but anyway just a little you know there's some little shenanigans with the zombie henchmen and, and they had a couple of encounters they went back to this orc cave that they had uh, kind of cleaned out last time and they had fought some orcs in there and then had, had heard a couple of orc voices that were leadership from another orc cave that they had, uh, that they had, um, 
cleared out before, but the leadership had gotten away because they were kind of like shaman types and had uh, turned invisible and, and, and everything and, and escaped. So they, now those orcs have taken leadership roles of these other, you know, these other aligned orcs. So they thought they would go back to that cave first to see what they could see, but those orcs had abandoned it because it's been a few days since they've been back. So those orcs had gotten away, but they did encounter a ton of rats that were feasting on you know, all the corpses of the orcs that were left behind. And that's one thing I like to do. I think probably a lot of GMs do. To, you know, what happens when you know you got to bring a place to life after it's been looted? It's not like the bodies disappear. So they get killed something like you know 15, 20 orcs and an ogre in this place. So I'm just figuring it's an unholy stench and there are rats and stuff everywhere. In fact, a bunch just burst from the bloated, you know, nasty orc corpse, you know, coming out its mouth and everything. It gave me an opportunity. It wasn't a challenging encounter, just a bunch of rats, but it gave me an opportunity to get kind of gross with it. So the party, uh, you know, soon found out that the other orcs had left. They did discover like kind of like a secret room that had uh, a couple things hidden in it, including it had this one bucket full of some, you know, black, scummy, nasty water. And a centipede came out of that. And the, Desmond the Druid, you know, cast charm animal on it. It's not really an animal, but I just made the rule that to allow it so that it could have a, you know, a giant centipede kind of pet. <laughs> it's not a very tough creature or anything at all, but uh, it was just, just for, for the imagery and for the fun of it. And I think they ended up naming it Fluffy. So um, anyway, they went back to another cave where they had just gone to the entrance previously and there's like a sign out saying, you know, welcome, come on in, have a meal, get your assignment, kind of almost like a recruiting, recruiting posters or recruiting graffiti for, um, you know, written in various humanoid languages. And the parties, you know, did their best to kind of sneak in there. They were trying to, you know, decide what to do. They thought they might maybe try to imitate some cultists or act like they were cultists, but before they really got a chance to do anything, they didn't speak bugbear, and it turned out there were a bunch of bugbears in this cavern. And they got surprised, because the bugbears basically get a, a high chance of surprise. They're, they're really silent. And had a had a pretty good combat encounter with a bunch of bugbears. Um, no casualties or anything like that, but with some well-placed hold-person spells and and some uh, some good rolls, the uh, the party uh, was able to overcome the bugbears, and that's where we kind of stopped it and talked a little bit about some ideas and plans that I had. And that's when I kind of stop this real quick, come right back, and let y'all know what uh, what what the campaign shakeup is going to be going forward. And now a word from our sponsors. So if you're a long-time listener to these Night Below recaps, you know, the the action was moving along pretty good, but it's kind of reached a kind of grindy point. And part of it's my fault for, um, well, part of it, let's just blame, part of it's football season's fault. But part of it's we've had a lot of people miss a lot, um, you know, rotating. And I think it's just kind of, maybe there's just a little, I'm sensing like a little lack of enthusiasm with it. I definitely have a lack of enthusiasm myself because it's kind of just like the storyline's not moving along. And um, it's just not super exciting. You know what I mean? I'm not, it's not that I'm not having fun. It's that I'm not having as much fun as I'd like to. 
Meanwhile, with all this, I've gotten the recent Savage Worlds edition now from Kickstarter and this, this East Texas University, you know, Froth University, 1980s campaign. I podcast about it recently. It keeps coming up in my mind. So I'd already talked to one of the players about it earlier in the week, but I talked to everybody that was there about it and, and just said, hey, look, what I want to do is pause this. I'm not going to abandon it, but it's good to sometimes take a break from something, do something else to kind of get that excitement back. And, um, so what we're going to do is I'm not going to be able to play the next couple of weeks. Anyway, I'm going to the Georgia Kentucky game next weekend and I'll be out of town the following weekend. So it's going to be another, you know, three week break anyway. But when we come back, we're going to, you know, play this kind of mini campaign for Savage Worlds. Um, you know, this eighties you know, college supernatural horror deal. And I think overall they seemed, uh, like they're cool with it, maybe even excited by it. So again, we're not abandoning this. I do want to play it. I just, I need some, some kind of shakeup or something to get the enthusiasm back with it. Cause I just, you don't want to be, you don't want it to feel like work. You don't want to. You know, you want to be looking forward to the game, not like, okay, here we go again. You know what I mean? And it just got to the point where, you know, it wasn't anywhere near as bad as it was when I was running Curse of Strahd. That was, I was just kind of dreading playing. But this is just, it just feels like it had hit a wall and needed something, a change up. And I think the changeup is going to be really exciting. I've got a bunch of 80s music that I've already been kind of, you know, it's going to take a lot of prep, but uh, with Roll20, you know, they've got a good Savage Worlds interface on there. They've got a good jukebox deal where I can upload MP3s and have a lot of 80s music with it. I'm going to be sending the players a list of kind of touchstone movies and the kind of archetypes that they can play sort of like classes, you know, there's not really classes, but it's, you know, kind of like skills packages, I guess you would say. Um, now we'll start kind of with pre-gens to get them up and rolling and then they'll be able to make, you know, you know, choices as they level up or I should say hit advancements. In Savage Worlds, you move up a lot faster than D&D and it's a shorter overall, you know, structure. I mean, you can slow it down if you want, but the overall kind of structure is, is, is quick leveling up quick advancements, usually in the forms of a stat boost or a kind of like a feat, what they call an edge. So there'll be some generic stereotypes. I'm going to send them a list. Um, and I'm, and I'll, I'm also going to send them a couple of examples of those types of stereotypes from movies. Like for example, for the, uh, kind of the geek or nerd, there'll be a, you know, one of their people from Revenge of the Nerds, as well as like, you know, can also play a cool nerd, like, uh, from a uh, real genius or even, uh, like Matthew Broderick and war games or whatever. Um, there'll be, um, you know, it's got like jock frat boy, um, the local townie. I'm going to add like a stoner one with like Spicoli as an example. There's i uh, I'll have like a goth slash punk that you can play and, um, you know, a few things like that. 
um, for like the local, I think I'll put one of the outsiders and, and then I'll put like a, like a military brat or ROTC and have like somebody from the old red Dawn, you know, maybe like a Patrick Swayze as an example, just give a big kind of obvious 80s stereotypes people can play. Cause it'll be more important to have a personality and that kind of thing probably to this than, than maybe it is for D and D. You know, a lot of the times people can just play D and D like kill monsters, get stuff, you know? So anyway, um, it's going to be a lot of work, but I'm pretty excited about it. I've been reading up on the rules. I've got a bunch of maps and everything for it. I just got to kind of put it all together, let them pick which kind of archetype they want to do. And then, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to, I'll give them like a cheat sheet for rules, but we'll just learn it on the fly. Cause I haven't spent a lot of time running it and, so I'll be learning and stuff too, but I think it'll be exciting. I think it'll be definitely for me. And I think probably for them, just changing something up, doing something different. will kind of breathe a little life into it. And, uh, another player that used to play my D and D games and had a kid and kind of had to step away. I think that's, that was years ago. I think they're kind of ready now maybe to get into something. And I, I know they really like Savage Worlds too. So I think we'll be able to, you know, have an additional player to where we can always feel pretty confident that we can run the game. And, uh, so anyway, if you're a long time listener tonight below, it is coming back. I anticipate this will probably be, you know, a four or five month deal though. Um, assuming we play consistently. So it'll be a break. And, uh, I will, I would understand if there are some listeners that are disappointed by that. If you've come, uh, become accustomed to these and maybe you're someone that, uh, just like, ah, oh, nah, froth. I hate savage worlds. I just like D and D and that's cool too, but I'm not going to be talking probably so much about the rules with it. Um, but it'll be just a storyline and it should be fun. Should be funny. Should have some horror. Should be a lot of opportunity for me to put eighties culture music, clothes, um, uh, technology, maybe even some, uh, some, you know, pop cult, you know, whatever pop culture, and maybe even some eighties, you know, history and politics woven in there a little bit, you know, cause it is the Reagan years and all this kind of stuff. So, um, I think it'll, I, I hope, but I, I sincerely believe that it's still going to be a very entertaining lesson, maybe even more entertaining, than the night below stuff has been. So hopefully some of y'all that are enjoying these will enjoy those too. But I just had to ultimately do what's right for me because uh, life is short. You don't want to be, uh, you want to be enthusiastic about the stuff you're doing with your spare time. Uh, that's really important. If you're going to be spending hours on something, you want it to be something you're really enjoying and having fun with. And um, so I'm going to put the but the D, you know, and the thing about it is, I know, you know, why I know I'll come back to it to the night below is because no matter how how much, um, you know, if I get sick of it playing D and D or it's, it gets to be a grind or whatever, no matter how many times that happens, I go a little while without it, and I always want to come back to D and D. You know what I mean? So it's not like uh, it's not. I know that I'll be wanting to come back and do some D and D. You know after a little bit because that's just the way it always is you know old habits die hard and 
I just needed just something to switch up with, but that's enough of that. I keep repeating myself at this point. So anyway, something to look forward to in a few weeks. So anyway, I appreciate you listening. I hope you're having a great weekend. Next you'll hear from me. Of course, will be Hump Day Blogorama. I've uh, been finding a bunch of good stuff, so I think it's going to be a great show. If you haven't checked out last week's Hump Day Blogorama, there's a lot of great stuff on there. Be sure and check it out. Uh, you can message me on the Anchor app. Send me an email, frothsoftfrothsof at gmail.com. Check out the blog, frothsoftdnd.blogspot.com. Logan, take us home. Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade Zeroing in on your mental trade Gonna help you escape from the grind Thought eater gonna blow your mind